Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 43, Interrupt Your Flow. And we're going to talk about why we would interrupt a skill progression to play a game and why it works for swim lessons and better retention for your participants. That's right, we are looking at why we play games and sing songs in the middle of our swim lessons and what benefit that has for our swimmers. Let's get started. Yes, that's right. Today it is April 4th and we are talking about interrupting your flow in your swim lessons. And we want to look at why we want to insert swim games and songs right inside of our skill progression. So sometimes you're looking at our swim lesson plans and you're thinking, why are they playing a game when we're clearly working towards swimming freestyle? Why are we interrupting this progression? We're going to look at that today. Now, when I'm teaching swim lessons, part of the thing that I'm looking at is, are my participants actually engaged in what we're doing? Are they aware of what's happening? Do they seem interested? Are they distracted by what's going on? I want to know if they are really focusing on the task at hand. And sometimes they're not. And so how do we go about getting them to be interested and motivated to do the repetitive rote skills and actions that we're asking them to? Now, you can look at a, uh, we're, we're going to, here's what we're going to do. So here's the premise, right? Swimmers get distracted. They're young. They get bored when they do the same thing over and over again they're not interested and they don't want to do it, then they start acting out. We found that this highly repetitive, kind of boring, you know, I'm not saying it's boring to do, but it can be because it's similar. We have the same structure for most things, right? So three times streamline, five times do a streamline back and forth. This time five times streamline with three arm strokes, right? There's incremental progression that makes things a little more difficult and a little more uh, we're pushing against the boundaries of what our swimmers are capable of doing. And that works really, really well. It's extremely effective. But sometimes it can be boring to our participants because they're like, I've done this like 30 times and, you know, it's 30 minutes. And they're children in the most cases, so they get bored with it. And they want a dynamic experience. They want it to be fun. And we want things to be fun, which is why we make them slightly more challenging, right? So each activity is a little bit more challenging and we give them a little more freedom, you know, do it five times on your own and we'll get feedback. Uh, that makes it interesting, but it's not as interesting as playing a game or doing jumps from the side. So in order to combat that potential repetitive boringness or uh, monotony, we're going to, we offer and we've found that we can sprinkle games and songs inside of our lessons to reset that monotony timer or ticker, right? So we can do five, 10, you know, small distance activities, and then we have to play a game or sing a song or do some activity that's not connected to that typical format, that system, right? So a general swim lesson plan from, say, the American Red Cross, it might be enter the water, go underwater, you know, get in, do bobs, do front glides, do some freestyle swimming, work on your breathing, do some more freestyle swimming, do some backlides, do some back arms, do some backstroke swim, do some jumps, play some games, and then you're done, right? So 
A lot of programs will save the last five minutes for swim games, which in my opinion, I think is a waste of time. Uh, It's just done at the wrong, in the wrong spot. You know, I, I encourage games. I think games are fantastic, especially when they have a swimming specific skill focus and we use them in our swim lessons and we have them in our swim lesson plans, but they're done strategically, right? So when you look at the swim lesson starter kit or the complete lesson program, you get all these lesson plans in them. And they're typically designed around this formula. Get in the water, so enter. Go underwater, so do your bobs or whatever activity. Do some front glide, so get right into it. Three times front glide, and then play a game. And then we'll do some arm strokes, some back glides, we'll play another game. Then do some backstroke arms, some backstroke swim, and then we'll do jumps. And then we'll put it all together at the end and we'll do our freestyle swim, our front glides with arms. And so that would be a typical level one or level two class. You know, we're interrupting the flow by playing these games so that our participants are reset and they're more interested in what we're doing. And these games that we're playing are actually skill-based games. So they have a specific skill attached to them. So if we used this level, like if we use this, this outline for level one, get in, go underwater, do front glides, play a game, do arm circles, do freestyle swim, do back glides, play a game, backstroke arms, backstroke swim, jumps, and then do front glides with arms. We can do all those things supported. And the game we play right after the front glides can be bake a cake where we focus on going underwater. So the level one kids that don't go underwater and they did the supported front glides and they're not going underwater on, we can then transition from, oh, we just did this. Now we're going to go underwater and now we're going to come back to it again with our front crawl swimming. You know, it's essentially a supported front glide with arm strokes. And we can say, hey, remember that game we played? You got your face in the water? Do it again now. Right? So playing these games, yes, it interrupts the flow of your program and your of, of your swim lesson, but it's a strategic interruption on resetting that interest level of our participants. So we are operating on the assumption that children have smaller attention spans when it comes to dictation or you know doing the same thing over and over again and even adults you know it's like if you're talking to someone you have 18 to 30 seconds as an adult for children you have eight seconds for them to like get the gist of what you're saying which makes an audio podcast that much stranger but hopefully there's there's some value in this for you so we insert these games at strategic places to interrupt the flow in a strategic way in a specific way so that your participants in the lesson are not reaching that boredom threshold and then acting out and being disruptive, right? It's a preemptive, you know, oh, we're just going to stop right here. We're going to play a game. It might seem silly. It may seem fun without purpose, but it does because, you know, we're not going to waste any of our 30-minute time in our swim lessons on a useless game, right? That's why you're at this website. That's why you're listening to this podcast because you don't want useless and fruitless and stupid games, you want fun and effective swim games. And we put those in our lessons at strategic points, right? So when we start getting monotonous, when we start doing the same things over and over again, we do the, uh, we play a game to interrupt that monotony, to interrupt that potential boredom amount, and then we reset and go back to our systems, right? And our participants come to expect that. They're like, okay, it's been about five minutes, 10 minutes, let's play a game. All right, we'll reset and then we'll give you our attention again for the next activity. So what we think is that everything should be done, you know, moving your swimmers towards a specific ability in the water. And sometimes, I'm kind of pivoting here, 
sometimes the games and activities that we play, while they have a specific swimming skill, for instance, we do five times do a soldier into streamline, right? That's a very specific activity. You know, focus on body position and then put your hands in a specific body position. And then after that, for younger swimmers, you know, maybe level two, level three, we'll say, okay, now five times go from soldier into sitting cross-legged on the bottom. And you're thinking, okay, well, what swimming skill does that work on? And it works on getting your feet underneath you to stand up, which is an essential swim skill for beginners, especially adults. You know, getting learning how to manipulate your body underwater to get it to do what you want it to. You know, there's a whole bunch of different elements to sitting cross-legged on the bottom of the pool, hopefully with your back straight, right, that are that go into other facets of swimming. So if you can do this well, you can probably do a front glide well too because you know how to hold your breath, you know how to keep your body straight, and you're aware of the relation of the body, like your your core and your body to the water, like how you can manipulate yourself to do what you want it to. And we do it five times because it, it's fun and it gives a specific goal, right? Do this five times and here's how I want you to do it. Uh, and so sometimes you may look at, okay, well, why are jumps considered an activity with a purpose, right? Because that's one of the things that we tend to do. So if I'm walking around the pool deck and I see one of my instructors that are not, you know, they're kind of not into it. The kids are distracted. They're not really focusing on what they should be doing. Usually the first thing I tell them to do is I say, stop what you're doing and go do jumps. And they're like, what? What do you mean go do jumps? Usually beginners. And I'm like, yeah, just go go do like three jumps each. And giving your participants the freedom to jump in three times and then you give them a specific task. Okay, the first jump has to be feet first. The second jump has to be in streamline or, or in position 11 or soldier. Sorry. The first jump has to be feet, you know, feet first, second jump, feet first and soldier. And the third jump has to be like a crazy starfish with your arms up to the side. You know, you give them those parameters and then all of a sudden they have this fun, exciting thing challenge for them to do. That's also jumping in, which is neat and exciting. That totally, you know, reestablishes the instructor control and gives the participants, you know, again, we're giving them a, a target with their body, put your body in this position, which is all we're asking them to do is swimming put your body in this position, move your arms in this specific way. And uh, so that's what that those jumps are. You know, it works on a bunch of different things, jumping in, going underwater, holding your breath, recovering to the surface, swimming back to the side if you allow them to do it on their own, swimming to you, um, doing a streamline back to the wall. So usually when people jump in, they'll come to me, I'll push them back. It'll give them a boost by pushing their heel or their foot and they'll do streamline back to the wall. So they're not just jumping. They're also working on streamline. And with my boost, they're going to do the streamline. If they don't do a good streamline, they don't go very fast and that's not very fun. So I say, if you want to go faster, just do a real streamline with your face down, your thumbs locked and your ear squeezed and it'll go faster and get to the wall quicker and it'll be more fun. Uh, and then it also works on you know, because you're jumping in, you're doing all these steps, these activities. <coughs> uh, it also works on getting your body in a, in a specific body position when you jump in. So, so like, like get your body in soldier while you jump in, right? If you can do that in the air, you can do that in the water. So we're essentially teaching, uh, basically swim lessons, right, are just essentially teaching body control in very restricted specific movements. Um, 
right? So a streamline is a very specific, no deviation type of position that you hold. Freestyle, there are moving parts to it, but your body and your head generally stay in the same position. Same with backstroke. Breaststroke, it's a very choreographed specific series of movements that we're teaching. And we actually teach breaststroke as a type of a dance, right? Our focus is not on propulsion or movement at first. It's more specifically about can you do the dance of breaststroke? Butterfly is a little different. We teach it a little differently. So, um, but essentially it's the same thing. You know, constantly have your body in a, in the same flowing position and move your arms in this specific way. So every skill that we teach is this very specific choreographed progression of skills and not skills of body motions that we're asking our participants to do in a very specific way. So in this way, swimming is very like dance. It's very similar to ballet or jazz or tap or ballroom dancing, you know, or yoga or a kata from karate. You know, it's this very specific flow of, of motions that lead to these results, in our case, moving through the water on your own. So when we play these interrupting games, when we interrupt the flow of our, our lesson plans, it's with this purpose that every motion we do in swimming is, re, is, is directed to furthering the ability of our participants to uh, follow their, you know, make their bodies do the specific thing, right? So whenever we do these interrupting games, they're still pointing towards this overarching theme of can we teach you to move your body in a specific way? That's really it. Can we get you to do what we want you to do with your body and in a restrictive, specific way to do that? Right? Because there is a right way to swim freestyle. There is a correct way to swim breaststroke. There is a correct way to swim backstroke. There is a correct way to swim butterfly. And we want to get our swimmers to that point as quickly and effectively as possible. And we can do that by interrupting by stopping the, the, the progression of our, pro, of our swim lesson and playing a game that's connected towards that goal. I want to know what you think about this. What are your thoughts about interrupting the progression of skills in your swim lesson plans to play a game? Or to do an activity like jumps, which doesn't seem like it is connected to front glides or back glides. Do you modify those games to tie into that specific goal? Like sometimes I'll put jumps on in our swim lesson plan and then expect the instructor to give specific instructions because it changes each time who you're working with uh, to make those jumps more interesting or fun. What do you do in your program? I want to know about this. Uh, of course, you can find all of these lesson plans. These lesson plans are for sale, available for you now on swimminglessonsideas.com, uh, either in the Swim Lesson Starter Kit, which has all the PDFs for you, so you can just print and laminate, or in the complete lesson program where you get the uh, How to Create Fun and Effective Swim Games book. You get the uh, Swim Instructor Training Workbook. You get the PDF for that, so you can print it off as many times as you want for your staff. You get all the um, Illustrator documents, so you can update and change the logos and names and everything for the swim lesson plans if you want. Uh, that's all available for you on our website. But I really want to hear about this. Do you interrupt the flow of your lessons and what do you think about it in the swim lesson plans? Uh, connect with me on Twitter at Swimming Ideas. Check us out on Facebook, Swimming Ideas, or just send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you listening 
and I hope that your swim lesson preparations are going well. Take care. Thank you.